From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, April 1st. If you're like me, an avid listener to this community radio station, then maybe, like me, you've had a voice in your head for the past two weeks. Witches and mushrooms and fits of fancy, could they be the reason we are so dancy? That's local actor August Granith playing Jurgen in KZMU's original radio play, Choreomania. His quips and tunes are always the ones that stick with me throughout the week. Typically, KZMU's radio play would be performed in front of a live, sold-out audience at Star Hall. But this year, you guessed it, the pandemic shifted the play to become true radio theater, performed in three episodes live via the airwaves. The final act is Friday night. This pandemic, it brought opportunities and challenges to the station's creative endeavor. One challenge being ticket sales. Proceeds from those pre-COVID live shows at Star Hall went directly back into the radio drama pot, so staff could ensure the tradition continued. With that fundraising door closed, KZMU is hoping another will open. Got some test prints, some full spreads, some half sheets. Some trim, not trim. Local artist John Gotchak, he illustrated a 30-page Choreomania comic book based on the radio play. It will be available Friday at Back of Beyond Books for a typical ticket price, $15. Staff says it's a different, unique way to support the station in a very different and unique year. So today, we'll hear from Gotchak about transforming KZMU's original radio play about a medieval dancing plague to an original comic book. My name's John Gotchak, and I illustrated a comic book for the radio play Choreomania. Well, I can't speak for everyone, but I thought the whole pandemic and the quarantining allowed time and space for people to kind of direct themselves or redirect themselves into the projects and whatever interests you might have. I had some things I wanted to try and one of them was a comic book and I found the opportunity and I had the time to do it. I like medieval stuff and that worked for me. I also like the theme. The theme of dancing works pretty well with my studies of gesture drawing. So dancing immediately gives you pretty much an infinitude of postures. I think there's a lot of earth tones associated with medieval imagery. Uh, I guess they called them the dark ages for a reason. A lot of browns and greens. It just so happens that a lot of those earthy tones coincide with the palette that was available for printing in the early comic book era, the golden age. If you put them on a newsprint, they get even more dirty. I think it's actually a good fit for the medieval look. In the back of my mind, I was just remembering that a lot of the hippies in the 60s were into the medieval thing. There was a renaissance, I guess, if you will, of medieval culture and imagery at least, and I wanted to weave that in as well because I actually like those looks. And I think I did that here and there. I've always thought it was interesting how 
KZMU always has visual artists associated with their projects. Even though it's an, a listening experience, for the most part, KZMU ends up involving a lot of visual artists. I'm not a word person, so that's why I draw. I can visualize it and render those visualizations, I think. So that's my contribution to the project. You visualize and you draw. You visualize and you draw. Local artist John Gotchak. He illustrated Coriomania, the comic book. It will be available starting Friday, that's tomorrow, at Back of Beyond Books for $15, the typical price of a live show at Star Hall. Proceeds support future radio plays and the station's community-minded artistic endeavors. Wacky! Funky! The final act of Choreomania goes live on Friday, right after the 7 p.m. news. The play is written and directed by Jenna Wetzel and performed by a local cast of characters. You can listen to Acts 1 and 2 and find more info about Choreomania at kzmu.org. And don't forget to tune in live on Friday night. Says Jenna. It will be a dancing good time. It can sometimes be easy to take water for granted. Drinking, showering, spring planting. It all happens without a second thought when supplies are plentiful. And in the arid West, scientists have a lot of different tools to figure out just how much water will be available every year. They're looking above ground at snowpack and river flow, but they're also taking measurements beneath the surface. From Aspen Public Radio in Colorado, Alex Hager has more. I'm walking through a dense thicket of scrubby bushes up in the hills above Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Ahead of me is Elise Osenga, who knows exactly the route to the scientific equipment we're out to find. So we're looking at about a two meter high little metal tripod with a lot of wires and boxes and equipment attached to it. Hidden in this patch of tangled branches is a soil moisture monitor. Osenga works for the Aspen Global Change Institute, gathering data from this station and 10 more just like it to get a sense of how much water is being held in the dirt. And knowing that helps figure out how much water will end up in streams and rivers and eventually in the supply that feeds the pipes in your home. I can't tell you what the rain is going to do, but I can tell you where we're starting out with soil moisture. Um, And snow scientists can tell you where we're starting out with snowpack, and that can help you to realize kind of what's coming ahead. It's not hard to see how snowpack plays a role in water availability. All that winter snow held up in the mountains, it melts and flows downhill until it's in streams and rivers. But there's a step in between. Some of it has to go through the ground to get there. And dirt can act like a sponge. If you have dry soils, snow melts in, you're not going to see as much runoff. But if you take a year where maybe you had the exact same snowpack, but you went in with really, really wet soils, those soils can't take up as much water. And so you're going to see a higher runoff from that same amount of snowpack. That is not the case this year, because soil around the region is parched. So by the time snow starts melting this spring and summer, less of it will make its way to the streams that supply our pipes. That means water managers are stressed about soil moisture, especially in places that don't draw from huge reservoirs and pull straight from creeks. Brian DeMoncos is a hydrologist in charge of the Colorado Snow Survey. 
there's not always that storage to keep and and reserve water if you're anticipating not getting runoff that you might otherwise expect to have. Demankos oversees a network of monitors across the region. He says data on soil moisture doesn't go back far enough to identify any long-term patterns, but in the last handful of years... We're seeing that there is a trend of below normal precipitation during the summer and that the soil moisture is getting quite dry, even with normal precipitation or snowpack right now on top of those dry soils, we would have below normal runoff. That's especially bad news for one group that cares an awful lot about water and dirt, farmers. I'm talking to seed researcher Casey Piscura on a farm right near the banks of the Colorado River. When you are coming into a season like like this one where we see, you know, really uh, lower than normal snowpack, you know, the the amount of water that can be held in the soil is essential to being more efficient with the water that we have when we know that it's going to be limiting. Keeping soil healthy is a delicate balance. Piscura pays attention to what soil is made out of. That has a bearing on how well it can hold water. And then when it comes time to irrigate plants, he's factoring in how much moisture is already in the soil. How are we going to maintain that moisture level before the irrigation starts and consider that? So a lot of times we'll actually use um, tarping over our gardens and that'll hold the moisture that's there until we're ready to go into crops. And keeping close tabs on soil moisture will likely get even more important as the years roll on. Piscura and other farmers are cautious of a changing climate, drying out soil, and turning previously fertile land into deserts. Elise Osenga, who runs that monitor near Glenwood Springs, she says farmers were looking at this kind of thing long before scientists ever started keeping track. But now, especially now, the dirt is providing clues that go way beyond farming. This year in particular, everyone in Colorado is kind of standing with their hair on end thinking, you know, are we going to be in a real serious drought next year? Data from Osenga's monitors and elsewhere shows that conditions are drier than usual. Snowpack levels throughout the Colorado River Basin are slightly below average. On top of that, low rivers and, you guessed it, dry soil are not helping. Without improvement, that could lead to water shortages and increased risk of wildfire. I'm Alex Hager in Aspen, Colorado. This story is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River Basin, supported by the Walton Family Foundation. And that's the news for Thursday, April 1st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. 